0: Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to another edition of the vet method podcast where we bring team training concepts to independent veterinary practice owners who want to grow revenues through a high performance team my name is sanjay mangabai and i'm extremely pleased to be joined today by alison lambert hi alison welcome
1: hello lovely lovely to be here in fact it's very me nice to be along good to be here
0: so where of us are you today
1: Um, Well, I'm sitting in Lincolnshire, which is kind of a very dull part of the middle of Britain that doesn't normally get bad weather. Um, So we're snowbound today, which is highly unusual for us. So uh, nice and warm and looking forward to talking to you about um, what people can do to make things work better at their place.
0: Okay, so a little bit about Alison. She qualified as a vet from Liverpool University in 1989. She worked in practice for several years before pursuing a career with Hills Pet Nutrition and Mars discovering the customer experience passion that led her to establish OnSwitch in 2001. I do remember the early days, Alison. and I think I attended one of your first seminars. Yes,
1: in some weird hotel with a really poorly laid out room, if I remember rightly. And I think it was in Salisbury or near Salisbury.
0: So near Salisbury, yeah, I'm sure it was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the time title time. of the podcast is, What Makes a Practice Successful? People. It's all about People your customers and your team and we're going to tell our listeners how to do that in just seven minutes so alison (laughs) our time that's what that's what you think (laughs) (laughs) that's what that's the objective anyway our time starts now so question number one who is your ideal client
1: In any business, an ideal client is someone who is matched to your values um, and that you can feel some sense of rapport and connection with so that you're trying to do the same thing. So you share common ground. And for a veterinary practice, that's very clearly an alignment of values around the relationship of that family with that pet or patient and you as a practice. So finding that common ground and a client that pays their bills is always a good one. but to do that, you've got to find that connection and understand that, um, your value set, uh, particularly from a practice perspective is your value set is you're going to project what you do, how you do and why you believe that. And you will find people who match that value set. If you're going to position yourself in a particular place, if you're going to be the cheapest in town, you'll attract those people who want cheapest in town. If you project service quality in absolute care, but at a premium price, you will attract those people. So, um, your ideal client is one that's matched to your values. If you get a mismatch of values, that's when the friction starts. Mm-hmm. So be really careful what messaging you project. Um, and as with all all businesses, you know, someone who pays their bills and is happy to pay for the the goods and services they received is one that's feeling the value. Um, and the value okay. is I paid some money mm-hmm. and I got some service. So you know, I paid you some money, I got some some care for my you know the the dog or cat in my life, but I actually got it with an experience. So price paid um is one thing value received is the price you pay plus the experience you got um and that is the ideal client complete match with you know why you're doing what you're doing and and the 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 value proposition that you're putting forward and um i think that's a massive one for our business you know our our purpose has always been to inspire change create customer-centered practice so Mm -hmm. pets horses and livestock receive best care yeah and that's that is centered around creating customer-centered practice, which means you've got to get that the role of the client matters in the patient outcome. Um, so we can only work with people who get that. We, we find we can't work with people who only see, you know, owners as people to, you know, invoice. Um, if they don't get the relationship, then it doesn't work for us from our business's point of view. So, you know, what, you know, what makes your ideal client? Someone who shares your values and can pay yeah, their bills.
0: Absolutely, and that's really important because, you know, so you're looking for that alignment yeah, they them, their values have got to be aligned with yours and you also have some filters so you know uh, if they pay for your service there's some accountability there you know and they need to be able to afford that and so it um it makes them do the things that uh, you, you know, that you're asking them to do so
1: um, i know i do i mean i know we've talked about this many times over the years and um, more years than we care to remember i suspect mm-hmm. um is that For most veterinary professionals, we we don't see that most of our clients are happy to pay our fee structure. Mm -hmm. We don't see that because we remember the ones who aren't happy to pay that fee structure, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason that might be. But the the data is supportive that 90% of the client base can pay your bill, Mm -hmm. can pay your fees. 10% can't. They're outside of paying for kids' clothes, food. I mean, they're just outside of that ability to pay your fees. that's a different conversation for another day but for the 90 percent, they are not cost sensitive they are value and service sensitive so if you get your positioning right you've got your value set you know what you want to do you know how you want to run your practice and care for people Mm -hmm. both clients Mm -hmm. team and patients then it's making sure that there are enough clients who want what you want near you and it's about matching values absolutely absolutely that's what makes it tick yeah
0: completely Okay, so so question number two, what are the typical symptoms people experience with that problem? Oh, sorry, I skipped questions, Alison. I'm trying to uh, trip you up here. Question number two, what's the biggest problem your clients face, and how would you help them solve it?
1: Yeah, it's, this is actually a very interesting question. Um, mm-hmm. the, the question is, you know, what do we help practices solve? You know, what problems a practice got that needs solving? The the first thing. That people need to acknowledge is they actually have a problem. Now, that might sound like a well, answer the question I you know, you mm-hmm. know, what problem do we solve? We often highlight there is a problem. Um, so, practices need to understand that if they want to grow, if they want to be sustainable, you know, they want to be a sustainable practice so they can invest in new kit, equipment, mm-hmm. education for their teams. If they can keep growing and evolving, you need cash to invest. You need profit. Therefore, you need revenue. Therefore, you need clients.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The biggest problem we saw for people is making sure that the profession look at their business in the same way we recommend to others that they should have an annual health check for their dog or cat, that they should take preventive care seriously, that mm-hmm. they should look at things before they become a problem. So what we do is highlight that you've got a problem before you realise you've got it, and that might be that your local reputation isn't strong because you focus so much on charging more and more and more. Yeah, you've lost your empathy so people go they really know how to charge you know but you know i go there because they've got my records and they know my dog but when i get my puppy i'm going somewhere else yeah. and that that's a very common problem is that practices can really enhance their financial revenue model very easily you can make you can make more money in the next 18 months dead simple you yeah. just charge more but the, the the consequence of that if you don't match the service is that you will see a, a diminution of the number of new clients, because new clients are your your TPR. You know, it's like you know, temperature, pulse, and respiration of your business. New client numbers indicate how you're treating your current clients. If new client numbers are dropping off, it's because yeah. your current clients aren't having a good experience. They're coming to you because they're stuck with you. Yeah. You've got my data. You know my dog, but they're not saying go where I go. They're saying find another one. So we solve that problem before you realise you've got that problem. So it's health check. What's going on? How is your customer experience? What does it feel like to use your practice? What's your local reputational voice? What's the word of mouth on the street? Because you don't know you've got a problem yet, and you will have one. So we yeah. find those yeah. problems yeah. like a health check on a you know an annual health check on a patient. Dog looks fine, yeah. and then you do an exam and you go, do you know what? There's a problem here. Owner doesn't imagine. know that.
0: Mm. So that's would... sorry, I'll Carry on.
1: No, so you know that you know what problem do we solve? We we solve the problem of people not knowing that they've got a problem <laughs> so that they can get their experience right. This is all about understanding how you treat your people, team and customer, um, so that you can manage it before it becomes critical. Um, once it's critical, that's a very different approach. Like you now have no new clients. Yeah. You know, your team have all left. They don't like it anymore. They don't want to work here and right. reputational word of mouth for team members is equally as important and probably more important today than the customer word of mouth because okay. team members are often the precious commodity like i can't get a, a doctor or a vet i can't get a nurse or a tech with yeah. that's well, yeah, because you're a horrible place to work you don't know that yet
0: yeah, no, <laughs> so we yeah, solve yeah. the
1: problem of, you know what's going on in your business with for the people team and customer and we help you find out that you have it Mm-hmm. and then help you fix it before it becomes business critical. So that's kind of what
0: we do. Okay, and you mentioned some important um, important bits there. Um, so the ideal situation would be to come and get advice um, before there's a problem, so prevention, or when there's early symptoms of a problem. But most people don't want to do that because you mentioned earlier the reluctance to want to spend money. And so they wait until they actually have a problem and then we're kind of trying to put out a fires kind of thing. Um, yeah,
1: yeah and, and in business, you know, it doesn't matter which way you look at this. You can either look at this from, you know, the client perspective and say, right, you know, here's someone. They've got a dog or a cat and mm-hmm. it's uh, four or five years old. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. It's no longer a baby. It's not geriatric or senior. It's mm-hmm. in that middle phase of life where everything's OK. We don't see those patients that often. We see mm-hmm. them every now and then. Yeah. So at the annual health check, we find things.
0: okay
1: with a with a business, you're not a new business, so you get a lot of help in the beginning, like a startup practice, a startup business, you get a lot of help mm-hmm. because you need it. And then when you're failing, like the geriatric or senior business where it's starting to fall to pieces a bit,
0: mm-hmm. you get a
1: lot of help there. But yeah. there's a bit in the middle, which is you're okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's
1: when you need to do really regimented health checking. And say, so, right, how is my business doing from a neutral perspective? What's my external feedback loops? You know, what do people yeah. think about us? What are the numbers showing? What do the team feel? What do the client base feel? And that's what we do. And the people who do annual health checks for their business spot things happening before they become business critical. Because once you've okay. once you've cut someone's throat metaphorically in business, it's a harder to put that back together again than just a little, you know, scratch. It's, it's the difference between a big hemorrhage and a little graze. No, it's a lot easier to deal with.
0: You absolutely like it. So, uh, you're absolutely right. It's a bit like dentistry, you know. It's like trying to convince a client to come in and have the dental work when their when the pet doesn't appear to have a problem, but you yeah. want them to do it now so that they don't yeah. have a problem later on. And uh, that would be a challenge, yeah. And, and I think you've answered question number three. Uh, what are the typical symptoms people experience with that problem? So... Um, I
1: Bottlenecks are important. I think we just there's two bits. There's an annual health check like you recommend for your patients. Mm-hmm. Discipline. Do an yeah. annual health check, just mm-hmm. like you would recommend for people with their uh, with patients on a day-to-day basis, um, and certainly for many practices at the moment, bottlenecks are everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you've got operational flow bottlenecks, which are different to the health check. It's just the way you do what you do is just stuck. Um, I'm literally, (laughs) interestingly, just literally listening to some calls. We're doing a project at the moment for somebody to understand Mm -hmm. um, what their team are saying on the phone. Um, So somebody rings up, asks about getting their puppy's vaccine sorted because everybody's got a puppy in the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Um, And first point of contact. A client has found you, is ringing you and saying, I need to get my vaccine sorted. He's had one, I know he needs the other one. The breeder did one, I need the other one.
0: Yeah. And at that
1: point, you should just go, great, <laughs> come in. Yeah. That's what you should do. But what we're hearing is, oh, well, it depends what vaccine he's had. It needs to be compatible. What vaccine have they had? Go and find your certificate and ring us back.
0: Mm. Um, yeah. That's yeah. the
1: bottleneck. Because now you're double calling.
0: Like the, the client's
1: called you once. Book it in yeah. and deal with it on the day. Just the reality is that the likelihood is the compatibility isn't the issue. So very interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, where, that's, that's where there's a really big bottleneck at the moment. Really big.
0: So question number four, what are the common mistakes people make when trying to solve the problem? You know, the kind of things that they thought were going to work, but were never going to work.
1: Yeah, and do you know what? <laughs> this all comes back to understanding that for a veterinary practice to thrive and be sustainable. And I think this is a really big um, question for most veterinary practices because you start up, you grow dramatically because you knew, and now you have clients you never had them before. So you do grow, there's a, quite a rapid road. Mm-hmm. And then you get to this, everything's okay, and then the team gets bigger. So you now have more people in the building, you have more clients in the building, and it starts getting choppy. Mm-hmm. And that sustainability piece is. is after that first initial growth phase, before yeah. you become 30 years later, the practices fall into pieces phase, there's a bit in the middle, which is grow sustainably. So you've got profit to reinvest in people and things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the big mistake people make, and it is a big one, and it's a profession all over the world,
0: mm-hmm.
1: is that we think veterinary first. We go very veterinary centred in our thinking. And that example of that phone call is a classic the veterinary centering on that phone call is somebody has said to their front desk team, you need to check whether the vaccine's compatible. So now somebody on the front desk is saying the words someone's given them. You need to check whether your vaccine's compatible. To the owners going, I have no idea what you're talking about. It's a vaccine, isn't it? (laughs) Now we know as veterinary people that actually there are different vaccines. The reality is with maternally derived antibody, the chances are 11 weeks, it doesn't really matter. But that's a different story. But it's very veterinary centred. What we need to get to is understanding that thinking customer centricity isn't a nice to do. We think it's a nice thing to do when we've got time. Or when we've got time, we'll we'll try being nice to our clients and we'll try and do this customer service thing and we'll try and do that customer experience thing and and we'll try and do the customer thing. when, When we're not busy.
0: Yeah.
1: We're missing that it's not a nice to do. It's not a nice to do. It's the number one reason for someone to recommend your business. My friend said you were good. My friend said you were nice. So word of mouth, number one reason, after location, like you're local, number one reason to work at your practices. My mate said it was a great place to work. Team word of mouth, customer word of mouth, all about the experience. It's not a nice to do. It's a core business fundamental. Um, And we ignore it because it's not veterinary. It's it's that kind of, oh, it's that people thing. (laughs) Well, that people thing gets you clients and keeps your team with you, you know? So we've got the team. It, I think the big mistake is thinking it's a we'll do that when we're a bit quieter or we'll do that when we've got a yeah. bit of cash or we'll do that when something else happens. It's like, no, you do this, you know, you do this every minute of every hour, every day you're open, you speak yeah. with people, yeah. clients and team. You get that bit wrong and you will see new client numbers drop. You'll see staff retention drop. Yeah. You'll see recruitment costs go up. And you'll see labor charge per revenue go up like you're using a lot of locums or temps because nobody wants to work for you Service quality then drops even further so the client's going you don't want to go there you never see the same face so yeah. familiarities and you can see it's a doom loop it's totally a doom loop um yeah so the biggest mistake people make is it they don't think it matters and yeah. it's the core it's the core of everything that makes a business tick
0: absolutely people. there's so much in there Alison, because you mentioned that vets uh, still have this clinical focus you know they just look at that oh, little bit but they they forget about the the things that the customers actually thinking about and you know what what do they actually want and uh, um, it, it's all about the people like you said in the like the title it's, of, the title. it's all yeah. about
1: people It's Absolutely. all about people
0: and unfortunately it's i think people, people talk about soft skills as people skills but the soft mm-hmm. implies that right, is, that it's easy but it's not you know in some ways it's more difficult than and the technical skills, which I find easier to teach, you know, I can teach people skills. But those those soft skills, those people skills, talking with people uh, skills, are are more difficult. And uh, yeah, I
1: think it was, if one thing comes from this podcast for the cat, the, the folks that are listening um, yeah. or, or looking and listening, is that we stop saying a few phrases, and one yeah. of them is soft skills. Yeah, because it's not soft. Yeah. it's hard. Yeah. It's teachable. It's learnable it's something that you put your mind to and mm-hmm. you can be better at it again an example a real world example um, a practice um, last week they've got a real bottleneck at payment um, mm-hmm. at the moment this is a uk-based practice so they've got people curbside car park yeah. not in the building so you've got the arrive ring we're here someone comes out does the thing da-da-da-da-da. where in that is payment taken You know, it's freezing cold, it's been minus 11, you're standing in a car park at half past six at night, Mm -hmm. I ain't waiting to pay. I'm not, I'm not waiting to pay. So people are going home. So no, they're not getting their cash in. And when we mapped the journey, and that's a really important thing to do, is each step, you know, like owner arrives, what happens then, what happens then? So you have little micro steps called touch points, micro steps. We found six micro steps where payment could have been taken. There were opportunities for payment to have been taken. Yeah. And what the team actually says, oh, you can pay now if you like, or you can pay later when you come and pick him up, or you can mm-hmm. pay later when the vet brings him back to you. So when you say to someone, you can pay now or or pay later, mm-hmm. Oh, I'll do the uh, all pay later then. Yeah. So each yeah. of those six individual steps, there was a, or oh, you can do it next time or later or another. T-. So the touch point kept getting moved to the end and the end was it's now half past six. It's freezing. I've got my dog back. bye. So no payment's being taken. So what we do is we go, okay, we can take payment
0: now. Yeah. So is it because those practices just don't have a strategy? They haven't mapped out this customer journey from that bit. And so, and so, and so you can't plan, plan a bit. I, I know of a practice that during the pandemic, they did very well, but they went from, I think 12, 14,000 debt to over 50,000 uh, in debt. You know, so they did the work but haven't got paid. And I think you're absolutely right. It's, it's got to do that with taking is. that payment.
1: Yeah. What is, and again, the question was, you know, what what's a common mistake people make is that they think that this bit, which is the non-technical, you used a really good phrase, the non-technical skills. So these are skills that aren't the, the doctor or the nurse skills. These are the people skills, the communication skills, yeah. the business management skills, which we call soft. They're not soft. Yeah. They're hard, they need learnt, they need taught, they need practised, they need reviewed, they need measured. All of these things are, it's a discipline, do it well, and it works well. The practices who are not getting paid do not understand their customer touch points. They will have four or five or six mm. moments where payment could be taken. Yeah. And I, I I, guarantee you that their team members are saying, we can take payment now or you can do it later. Yeah. Just stop saying, or oh, you can do it later. It's just, we can take payment. You could use an app, you could send an email, you could do yeah, click and pay, it, It's, but you can't do it all later. Because <laughs> it just yeah. it's pushing it's pushing it downstream, and that's a lack of knowing the customer journey. That's all that is. <laughs> they don't know. They've not measured it. They've not looked at it. They've not done the health check.
0: Wow, it's really. It's
1: very yeah. solvable. i <laughs> are very excited about customer journey maps. marvelous yeah. <laughs> <laughs> things in customer journey maps.
0: <laughs> You've already given us so many valuable things. But uh, question number five: What is one valuable free action that someone listening to this can implement that will help them solve the problem? What's your top tip?
1: Um. The biggest single thing anybody listening in can do for themselves
0: mm-hmm.
1: is have a go at creating your customer journey map. Right? And this needs a, maybe a little bit of explanation is what you need to do is think, right, from the moment someone first contacts us, that's probably going to be maybe a, a web contact, an app contact or a call app contact mm-hmm. is what do you want your team to do? And create, I mean, I, I'm a great fan of post-it notes, little sticky notes, and just say, mm-hmm. right, owner calls, one sticky note. Phone is picked up, is it? Phone is engaged. Phone not picked up. So you've got three options straight away. Owner ringing, it could be answered, it could be not answered, or it could be busy, Line busy. Yeah. So then you, so you've got three, now you've got three lines of interest. So if the phone is picked up, how long is it before it's picked up? What happens when it's picked up? What, where do we go from there? Do we solve it on first call resolution? What do we actually do? A classic again, this, this client project at the moment with the puppy vaccines, there are people literally on the phone going, I need to get my puppy booked in for his for his second mm-hmm. vaccination. Mm-hmm. So the practice is saying, well, what brand does he had? Well, I don't know what yeah. brand he's had. Oh, well, go home because you're at work. Look yeah. at your vaccine card and ring us back. It's like, so there's a second call. Now, why not just book those clients in and say, bring your card with you? Mm-hmm. Practices are double stocked If there's an incompatible vaccine potential, you just have the second balance vaccine there. It's yeah. not the owner's issue. So what do you say, and what drives the next step? So map your customer journey, and I would pick two. I would pick the new pet, so like yeah. a puppy or kitten vaccine, because it's fairly predictable what you do. Yeah. And I would pick a predictable procedure where the patient is with you and the owner goes away. Okay. So something like a de-sexing procedure. Mm-hmm. So I've arrived, I'm not critically ill, I'm coming for an elective procedure, you now have got my dog, I've gone home, Who rings who? How do I know I'm coming to collect? What was my bill? What are my post ops? What's my discharge? So those three, uh, those those two, brand new puppy, Mm -hmm. brand new kitten, and pet stays with you for an elective procedure, fully estimated elective procedure. That is amazing because you can prepay that one. Yeah,
0: wow. Fully,
1: fully, fully estimated. Pay on arrival. Yeah. Pay fifty percent. Yeah. So that that you can do that. You you can do that and. you'll think it's quite short it isn't so with the post-it note like you know owner called to told dog is ready mm-hmm. yeah what did we say did we offer to take payment did we say what time how did we say that did we utilize empathy did we say bobby's ready to go home he's had his procedure or did we say your dog's ready to go home so yeah. personalization versus your dog i mean two very subtle differences there so much i could go on so but you can do better. that yourself. you
0: said you can give that a go you can give that a go yeah. absolutely and that's so important you know what you said you know def- def- have defined steps in that customer oh journey, completely you know completely and don't leave it up to chance because i think that's what people do and you hope staff will say the right thing and then they end up doing what's easy and convenient it's just what they know you know what they know how to do wow but that's
1: cool But that's culture, Sanjay, as well, isn't Mm -hmm. it? I mean, what happens in your practice, the people listening in, what happens in your practice now, if it annoys you, Mm -hmm. like, why do they always say that? Why don't they take payment? Mm -hmm. Why did the vet not do this? Why did the front desk do that? Mm -hmm. Why did the nurse always, why do they always do this? They do that because you've set the culture. So as the business owner, you've enabled your culture to be what you've accepted it to be. You've walked by them not doing it properly how you want. And by not intervening, you've created that is culturally acceptable. So the behaviours and mood of your practice now is a product of your cultural development. You've created the workplace, you've created the culture. And by allowing these things to not go quite according to your plan, you've created a culture that they think that's what you want because you've never said, I don't want that. So culture is what we do around here. And culture starts with you.
0: Absolutely. So there's a culture whether you implement one on purpose or not. It's Absolutely. There. People are yeah. process
1: completely. Yeah, it's completely. And, and the other thing, we, you know, and I could go on about this and I won't because I know we're only met to topic for seven minutes. <laughs> um, but um, you can have really, really brilliant people in your practice. And, you know, on Tuesday, the combination of that vet and that nurse and that front desk and everything just gets done and it's magic
0: mm-hmm. and it's brilliant. Yeah.
1: Tomorrow, Wednesday, it's not those three people and it's awful. Now, if your practice is like that, like you have really good days when certain combinations of people are in the building and then you have days where it doesn't work because they're not in the building, Mm -hmm. you're reliant on brilliant people. And brilliant people glue together so many businesses, but you can't build a business on brilliant people. You have to build a business on brilliant process. So brilliant processes mean that this works regardless of the people in the building yeah. um, and so for me you know you need to build brilliant processes so that everyday people can make your practice brilliant so you need brilliant processes so everyday people can make them work you can't glue your practice together with brilliant people because it doesn't work you'll, you'll burn them out
0: wow, that's and that's what, what we've
1: that's what we have that's what we have at the moment for many practices
0: that is such an incredible insight here you know so um it's you know if you have you know some people are lucky they have brilliant people and they just have no problems then those people leave and then suddenly they've got problems. So, um, but if, if you have a process-dependent business, then you can easily, well, more easily, get people up to speed. That's, that's- Just going back to
1: why your brilliant person's just left. Ask them why they've left. Yeah. You ask them why they've left and they will tell you, I was always doing it. It was always on my head. I never got thanked for this. I held this place together and that's why they've left. So having the brilliant people doesn't, it, it doesn't work. You've got to have brilliant processes with everyday people. You can have brilliant processes and the brilliant people in. Mm. But you've got to have brilliant processes with everyday people. But you can't rely on brilliant people and no process because it's just, it's just exhausts the people. It exhausts the people. And it's inconsistent to the client as well. It's in, like, I was in yesterday and this happened but I'm in today and it didn't I got charged for that but yesterday I didn't get charged for that it's, yeah. it's inconsistent yeah. It's
0: yeah
1: one of my favourite yeah. topics that one
0: sorry President <laughs> of the 6 you're already giving us so much uh, value but what is one valuable free resource that anyone listening to um, <clears throat> can have access to Alison uh, that you can yeah try that people do
1: and my answer, because for the, the listeners, I was asked, I was, I was given these questions, and the answer to question six is, you know, what's the one free thing I can give you that yeah. will help you? Well, other than joining in on blogs and listening to things, and you know, join our social feeds and read the blogs, is no, you're not having anything for free because you need to value yourselves and invest some oh. money in good. Okay. So I do think that the devil, free,
0: mm-hmm.
1: free brings with it. An expectation that well it's free so it doesn't really matter oh i'll get around to that so for me if you're going to look at your business on a very robust basis
0: uh-huh. yes
1: access things like this which will be free to hear
0: yeah. um
1: and yeah. you can join in on, on you know the the blogs on the OnSwitch website or the social media feeds on, on facebook and twitter and, and all that stuff that's all free you can do that yeah I'd rather you actually put your money where your mouth was and actually said, look, do you know what? I'm going to dedicate some funds to sorting this out. And by spending a little, you'll get a lot, you know, which is more sustainable for the long term. So I have a problem with the word free. Um, And I know it's, um, I don't know why people do it, but you're running a business. You've got a cost of business. On your your P&L, there's a line called running costs. And mm-hmm. I do think that for the stuff we've talked about, which is non-clinical, non-technical, mm-hmm. there needs to be a cost of investment for people and process. And that's not—that's never going to be free because that's the core root of what you're doing. Um, and I would start for those folks that are new to this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, I would start with the CX, Con- CX Congress, the Customer Experience Congress. I think it's in its sixth or seventh year now, which we started is, you know, there's a hundred hours of people talking about different aspects from front desk to leadership to management to consult room to all of those things about different approaches to the customer experience people from outside our industry people from um, academia people from research people from practice case studies it's just a lovely resource and i think it's about 100 hours um on the cx the customer experience collection cx collection um, and i think it's a couple of hundred quid so you know yeah, that's online good.
0: Really good I think that's on. a
1: good start point. I think it's a good start point, personally. You
0: can find all that on your website, yeah? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Onswitch.co.uk. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, I absolutely no off
1: agree. switch. No off switch.
0: <laughs> I absolutely agree <laughs> with you. The word free uh, has connotations of, oh, well, if it's free, it's not that valuable anyway. You know? And I'll yeah. It
1: also It also does something else as well. And, and our profession is highly guilty of this. We're an altruistic. Uh, a profession with high levels of altruism, where mm. we're very capable of giving more of ourselves than is ever paid for, and we're very good at giving more of our emotion than is ever needed. Yeah. So we're, we have altruistic tendencies. So we go of, above and beyond at the detriment of ourselves. So yeah. this concept of you know, that like the, the pathological altruism, it's like we overdo it, but we never we get it back yeah. for ourselves. Yeah. We need to be really careful we don't do that. And in business. One of the big things we have to do is recognize our own propensity to give our own time for free. So we don't charge for our time. We don't charge for that checkup consult. We don't charge for that day's hospitalization. We don't charge. And that's because we have um, an unhealthy relationship with free.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Let's
1: put it out there. If you just live on what you get for free, you are seeding in your brain that free is the thing. And you're giving for free. Is that we don't build this co-production of care which is actually i do really good veterinary medicine and my team are brilliant and they care for your pets therefore there's a charge yeah and i think we've got to be really careful that we don't create a doom loop of i don't pay for anything and i don't charge for anything (laughs) because that doesn't work in business and it's not sustainable and that's the key to this one it's the sustainability of your business and our profession is somebody somewhere has to pay for the brilliant service quality that they have received yeah. There's got to be a charge somewhere. So yeah, freeze, yeah. I think, and I'm not a fan.
0: You are absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely correct. You hit it on the nail about vets wanting to do stuff because I think freeze caring, but it isn't. So, uh, you know, you need a strong economic foundation to provide better care. To be fair. Yeah. Um,
1: uh, very, much, very much so. So your last question's not very helpful either. <laughs>
0: so what, So question number seven. What's the one question, Alison, that I should have asked you that would give great value to our audience? <laughs>
1: Um, just for the audience listening, in is, you know what's what's my most valuable free tip? Well, that make invest in your people, and your people are your client base and your team. And we need to understand that it's a people thing. Know your customer journey. Know your your pathway, which your client and your team interact. The touch points: so first call, first contact. You know, first chat online. Know these individual steps. How do we get to that? Is the question maybe that you should have asked is like, so how do we do this, Alison? Because we've talked that we don't do it. So how yeah. do we do it yeah. okay. in the world of business? there will always be and this is this is proven. There's quite a few theories on this. There's there's those that will listen to this and do something. They will go, yeah, do you know what? She's right. We need to take a time out. We need to look at what we're doing. We'll do the thing we can do. We'll give it a go. And then maybe we need to get some help. Yeah. There are a third who will do that and they'll take action and they'll make their businesses more sustainable and it'll be nicer for their team as a workplace, it will be better for their clients. They will do it and it'll be a third. There are a third who'll go, yeah, all right then and won't do a thing. And they never will do a thing because they never do a thing. That third never do anything. They just kind of get dragged yeah. along eventually. Yeah you know, it's like, do I need a website? Do I need social media? Do I, do I really need that? Do I need a practice management digital system? Do I, do I? And it's like, yes, you do. They eventually join in. So they're not going to do anything. (laughs) And then there's a third in the middle. There's a third who will, the third who never will. And then there's a third in the middle who just need a little bit of help. And that's the third I'm speaking to now. Mm -hmm. The third who are wondering, should I really bother? Yes you really do need to bother because if you're pondering why it's because you maybe think i haven't got time i haven't got the cash i I don't think we're in a state to spend money on this not technical stuff Mm -hmm. and that means you're at risk you're at risk because you haven't you haven't felt the benefit of having a high you know, retained profit. That means you can buy kit and equipment and invest in people. You're not there yet. The third have, those those third, that third are going, I get it, I do it, I make a bit more money, I can do these things, doesn't bother me, it's in my cost of business, it's fine. The third in the middle, if you're thinking, should I, shouldn't I, it's probably the, you're the ones who really need to do this so that you can move into the top third. The third Mm -hmm. at the bottom, well, they'll they'll join us in a couple of years when they have to. We can't address them until they change their mood on life. Um, So the third in the middle, absolutely. Mm-hmm. People, process, team, customer, customer journey maps, get help, sort it out. Sustainability, absolutely.
0: Yeah, Invest, invest in that. So much in there, um, Alison. To be fair, I think people need to watch this whole podcast again to get the full value from it. I mean, you know, what you've um, emphasized time and time again, that it's people who will drive the success, uh, the success of the business, you know, your team, your clients, you know, customers will never love your company. I think Simon Sinek said that. Customers will never love your company until your employees, your team loves it first. And you talked about culture and getting that right, etc. Ah, you know, wow. Those are some really incredible and valuable insights into what makes a practice successful. Thank you so much for sharing and for being my guest, Alison
1: it's been a pleasure and you know me i'm more than happy to talk forever about this but i'm sure your audience need to go do something else so thank you for inviting me along and um on switch.co.uk um if you need anything john is on our face uh, social media feeds as well um we're always happy to help for those people who get it
0: thank you so much